Struggling a little bit. Bitter, strong beer, and then this, and then I'm thinking. Talking, you're talking about beer? Yeah. Yes. It's awesome because you know why? Why? It's Beer 30 Live. No way. Welcome, everybody. It's the perfect topic. I know. You're talking about this fruity, uh, kind of sissy beer we're drinking here. Well, I switched from the really bitter beer to the sissy beer. Yeah. Now, Why'd you do that? Well, because the bitter one was just kind of leaving that bad aftertaste in my mouth. But now I'm drinking this hoppy. and thinking this is like water. So I think it's I really too much? made a mistake. Really? This? Yeah, it's like, it's like I'm actually, uh, I'm quite enjoying this. It feels right. more like a tonic. Yeah, it's, it's it nice is. for a hot summer day. It is. It's a hot summer day beer. That's what it is. It is. What is it called? It's something. Purple haze. Purple haze. It's like a Jimi Hendrix. You know, salute. Jimmy did you Hendrix. did you pick that up all by yourself? I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. Huh? Do you think? Do you think they? Fast. Do you think that was intentional? No. no. <laughs> you think it was just an accident? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What this beer should be called something really original. <laughs> How about purple hey. fog? No, that doesn't hey. do it. Yeah. Shut up, late man. Purple I, fizz. Yeah, no. I know. I, purple fizz. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I'm late. We were starting the show late because I'm the slacker. And I want to say for the record, I'm, I'm sorry I'm late because I totally thought it was going to be uh, Jamie who forgot <laughs> recording the first the, This is the first okay. time I think uh, we anybody were shocked. Is yeah, if totally past forgotten. reputation is a, is a measuring stick, yeah. <laughs> it probably should have been me. Uh, but in this case, I will have everybody know I was here first. You were here he first. first. All alone, all by myself at the table. And with I checked. The adoring fans all around. <laughs> Pressing in, and I had at other tables. Crowd control all by myself. <laughs> and I, I did, uh, you know, I did notice also by time-stamped voicemail, yours was the first to come into me. Yes, so it I, was. that's really like help me out. I can't yeah, handle all the I can't the, handle the, the crowd. crowd. It's too much. Yeah, too much. It was. <laughs> the throngs. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'm on my way here, and the phone rings, and I see that it's Jamie. Yeah. And he's like, uh, yeah, are we uh, having the show today? And, and my first thought was, do not tell me you have not left home yet. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And no. he's like, no, I'm here. And I about fell out of my chair in the car. Okay, my yeah, reputation okay. precedes me. It, it, it does. does. Yes, it does. Yeah, that's But fantastic. we're here now. No, I, and and we are. We're here. Thing? We're drinking beer, uh, and we want to talk about uh, uh, Mary's uh, Mary's experimenting. The big news. It's a little late in life, I think, to start experimenting, but we're, she's apparently doing it. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I'm the big news. Well, here. Well, you are for us. Do tell, tell us. us. Okay. So here's what for all week long, so far. So it's really, well, it's about five days. <clears throat> this is some sort of progressive hippie thing, right? I They're have doing. not. Well, I'll explain why. But I have not listened to the news listen to talk radio, read the internet, and I've been very, very limited in Facebook. She's got the shakes, have you noticed? Yeah, I'm just, I anyway, but... Yeah. Um, it was because of the show last week. She blacked out. Yeah. So, <laughs> now, it's been an interesting experiment because it's, it's been very difficult, and it has revealed to me how much I may be a little obsessed with news and information. Yeah, you're not... Uh, you're, I think, on the back on the unhealthy spectrum in terms of media consumption already. Um, I mean, you, yes. you know, it's the J word, right? I mean, you do the junkie track. Are you right? addicted to the internet? Do you think that's it? No, or not is it the news in media. general. It's just news the news media. Media. Yeah. Right, in general. Right. I see. So, but here, here's why that I did it, which was, and and this is why I wanted to bring up as a topic to see what people, what you all thought, because <laughs> people, i.e., the two of the us, the two yeah. of you, <laughs> but. I did well, it because I'm, I'm getting worn down by all the negativity. I, I hear you. I was, you know, uh, like either ranging from 
thoroughly pissed off <laughs> yeah. to almost depressed in this whole spectrum of things. And so it was suggested to me uh, by Phil that perhaps I should try something and do and see what happens when I don't expose myself to all of that. When you detox. Yes, all that negativity over and over again to see how I do this week. And actually, it's been interesting. I've done quite well. So you would say mentally you're healthier? A little bit, right. And I, but I don't think, but I think it's just, and this is where I want to, I think there's a situation going on. I don't think I'm alone. So for instance, at work, we have a lot of people talking about, I don't know what's going on, but I'm worn out, I'm down, I'm just not real. There's been a lot of that. And it, and so that was kind of my topic of the week, which is, is this, is some of this stuff all starting to permeate and affect society and hmm. starting to bring everybody down because it's all a bunch of negativity or the, on the healthcare side, the hatred, the swastikas, the, you know, hanging people in effigy and that kind of thing. And then you're hearing more and more stories of suicides and people going in and shooting up places and Anyway, and just wondering well, how much all but on us when the media does that to us 24-7, how much that really affects our actual psyches. Well, I think it's a great topic. And I think, I think it's, people have been talking, have talked about it a lot over the years in that we, sensationalism sells and negative stories tend to sell and the positive stories don't. But yeah. then we're fed all this negativity all the time. And it's garbage in, garbage out. I mean, we know that, that oh, if you feed your- my husband. <laughs> Well, That's what know. he says about In Touch and Us magazine. I like magazine. to think I'm a pretty intellectual and smart guy, just like Preston. <laughs> there you go. Wow. <laughs> All right. I'm like Benjamin Franklin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want you to are. You're a, you're a self-described Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know where the glasses are. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I think it probably does have an impact on how we feel. You know, I buy it. I totally buy it. I mean, we just came off of two weeks of vacation, and, and even then you find a little bit more balance when you actually pick up a book, you know, that's right. fiction and can read it. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested in, in uh, I'm interested in the perception of the world around you when you turn off the media. Like what, uh, one of the things I, I felt like I noticed is one, all the news that I talked myself into really caring, a, caring a lot about, uh, nobody else knew and they could, not care less mm -hmm. about the things that I was very passionate about. Right. M Mark Ensign, uh, you know, philandering through the hills, right? You don't, like you don't even know about that. No. We're like, uh, oh, well, okay. see, this see? is, I, this is you know, the senators who, and their, and their love lives. There's extra, another one? Extramarital affairs. No, it's these oh. ideas that, that, you know, nobody cares about that stuff as much as I told myself I needed to. And in mm. fact, uh, the world ends up being far more balanced than I think it is when I watch the news. When you watch the news and all you see is the town halls and the, you know, well, uh, unless you watch Fox speech. News because it's fair and balanced. <laughs> right. Fair and balanced, right. Right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and they're total that's, doomsday I mean, fear. No, I mean, I, I, I actually idea. agree with you guys 100%. Yeah. I think we we consume way too much news and, and negative input, and it has an effect on our life and the way we see things right. and our, our perception of what's going on around us. And it's one of the reasons, quite frankly, why I don't watch all the news. I mean, because I just, it's, count the news stories. How many of them are negative? And, and well, they're all negative and they're all the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just in a, spun yeah. from a different angle. 
And the thing that it also makes you wonder is, is it a bigger deal when things are more stressful in general in your life? So, sure. you know, we're, we're all sitting and everybody's feeling a pinch of an economy and issues there and, you know, whether it's, you know, fear of losing the job or losing the job and then fear of never finding one or, so it makes you wonder, does, does it make a bigger deal when all that stuff's going on? But if things were going well, generally for all of us, would we be as impacted by all the negative stories? I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, um, I mean, isn't that, isn't that your experience so far? I mean, how long have you been doing it? It's, it's been five days. Five days. So are you generally in a better mood? Yes. <laughs> and do you feel as impacted when people tell you the stupid stuff that's going on in the world? Not as much. When I hear, like when someone else says, did you hear about this? And I'll be like, oh, really? You know, but I... But how important is so a lot I of think, that stuff in the overall scheme of things? I mean, you know, a lot of the news items oh. are, there really aren't that, I mean, who cares about, you know, Brad Pitt and, and Angelina Jolie? And I care very deeply. I care very yeah. deeply about I mean, that. I certainly do on a superficial, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. But, uh -huh. but really, yeah. I, yeah, why no, do we care? Yeah, I mean, what, what's the impact? Well, okay, right. and the other, the, the third point is, do you find others reacting to you, relating to you differently, or do you relate to others? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I can. Because don't, don't you find? So. I mean, that's it. When I but when I, I watch the news and I get just hacked at what's going on in the world, I I treat people differently. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, from that. Well, because you're like you're like angry I inside. I'm angry. Yeah. 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 So you're, not you're an angry middle-aged man in general. White rage. White rage. Left I think it's I think it's rage. more that my fuse became shorter. Yeah. So it wasn't okay. that I was always walking through permanently ticked off and taking right. it out on people, but yet the littlest thing yeah. would take me you know, from zero to sixty yeah. in a very short period of time, and then it, and almost it would be weird because intellectually in my head I'm like, why are you getting so? Because you yeah. you're stressed. I, yeah. You don't even right. know. Like, why you just can't why are it, you? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm ha I would be having kind of this physiological right. reaction to it. Right. I, I do think saying. though that hmm. economy-wise, and so I always drive everything back to money, right? Well, I think the economy has it had had it has having had an impact on us as a society and that people are stressed out about their jobs. If, if you don't have one, how am I gonna get one? If you've got one, it is how do I keep, keep it? it? Yeah. And, and I have to work doubly hard to make sure I'm, I'm doing the best that I can do. And that's put a lot of stress on people and I think it's showed up mm -hmm. in attitudes and perceptions and how we treat each other. And there feels like kind of this general malaise that's kind of gone. It's old yes. Jimmy Carter malaise things from the 70s, kind of re, you know, <laughs> right, rebirth right, again, yes. just but without the cardigan sweater. Uh, it's very, very similar to that. Yeah, yeah. I buy that. Yeah. So speaking of not yeah. watching the news, yes. where do you draw the line? Uh, do you is there uh, in terms of other media? Do you listen to the radio? No, you don't I listen not. to the radio. But no, what about because I, I listen to a ton of talk radio, so but that's right. probably the very first thing I cut out. Right, you cut out Rush Limbaugh. TV at night. Yeah, Rush. How do you yes. how do you pass the time? Listener. Michael Reagan. <laughs> Michael oh, Reagan definitely. Show. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And I especially like the screaming psychotic Glenn Beck. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, hear, um, you, you know about him <laughs> and his suspension, right? He got quick. suspended. He got suspended uh -huh. for a couple of days because after his, uh, oh, you well, you well, were, you were not I on knew your blackout. I knew he did lose a lot of uh, advertising. 39, 39, oh, wow. uh, 39 advertisers dumped his show. Some what of for? them dumped Fox. All together? 
Yeah. Wow. What for? I guess because he did this stunt. Well, I mean, I think it's been building, but he did this stunt where, um, you know, he was sitting there. He had one of his interns sitting on stage with him with a, a Nancy Pelosi mask, mm -hmm. and he was reenacting how he could talk her into killing herself by drinking poison wine. That's so lower the top. Yeah. Well, well you know, he all, didn't he? Wasn't he the one that was like, I'm thinking about how I could kill Michael Moore. <laughs> and he said, I, he goes, I'm trying to decide, could I do it myself or would I have to hire somebody? Uh, well, you know, here we are talking about it, like and that's the frustrating <laughs> bit. But, but uh, don't you think really, though, losing the um, advertisers, whereas when he said that Barack Obama is a, is a, he hates white people. Yeah, he's racist. I think, that's, I think that was the trigger. And I don't know if it was the Nancy Pelosi. Well, they're Pelosi, they, happened one, they happened a night apart from each other. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, okay. So who knows? Wow, I've huh. never even heard about that, the Nancy Pelosi. Oh, yeah, there's a clip of him, you know, trying to, okay. it, it's like a wine and dine well, I mean, it, it's act. America. He should, if he wants to talk about that kind of stuff on the radio and do that kind of skit, congratulations. Sure. And if people don't want to support him and pull their money, that's their right, right too. Yeah. And, yep. and congratulations. Have fun. I mean, that's good for them. So probably themselves. don't you think the suspension, though, was probably just to make Fox look better to the rest of the, the oh, world? Oh, I suspect so. But although they're well, hurt financially, so yeah. I mean, let's really, let's be honest. Not. Well, you can't lose 39 sponsors. Oh. It's not like they had 39 oh, others that were waiting in the wings because, you know, I mean, so they lost money. So they're probably making a point for him. It's like, dude, you can do whatever you want in the show, but don't be a jackass and lose us sponsors. I mean, because right. isn't that the bottom line? What do you or, do when you don't or, or don't be surprised when it happens, you yeah. tool. Yeah, well, you can true. do whatever you want on your you show. You can absolutely until we lose sponsors. Until it and then affects you're not the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Use your best judgment, whatever you have. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So where I'm headed next, though, yeah. is I am coming back into the media world, but I'm going to be more conscientious of how much I'm allowing myself to be exposed to it, yeah. and try to do a little bit more of a balance, and do more up to you know instead of every you know watching the news, going out to the deck with a book that I enjoy yeah. and doing a little bit more of that yeah. and you know so really trying just to, to counterbalance it more you know it's like anything else like when you start reading a book a little bit each day you build a habit and you find yourself wanting to do it you know, and, mm -hmm. and you find that you don't miss the media stuff that much I think uh, it's speaking of, of fear and loathing let's talk about swine flu oh yeah. anybody scared oh I'm freaked out are you you're oh. freaked out Oh, just kidding. <laughs> to, to, no. which I was actually hoping that you could talk me down because of Are your you husband. Are you freaked out? Oh. Because you know, uh, doesn't he have some wisdom? So your husband, tell everybody what he does. Well, okay. Phil is, um, uh, has a doctorate in evolutionary genetics, and he spent most of his research was on hantavirus. So I'm assuming this is where you're linking. That's where okay. I'm, I'm linking, yeah. Okay. Because I um, actually, in my head, H1N1 is equivalent to the hantavirus. No. And I'm going to start bleeding out my eyeballs. Oh. No, it's yeah. not. That's true. It's not. That's what's going to happen. No. And and the thing that, the thing that's a big difference. Well, the big difference is, I mean, hantavirus, you it's not a human to human right. disease. Yeah, it's you have to you, you have to have come in. If you bleed from every like part of your body. Well, if it's you not die. yes, if it's not caught in time. And that's the yeah. danger with it is it starts yeah. off and you just feel like you are sick with the flu or have a common right. cold. And by the time people get to the hospital, sometimes You've it's melted. too late. Yeah, yeah. it's gone I mean, too far. swine flu, the death rate is really, really low. Well, how many people die from the flu every year anyways? I don't know, quite like a few. I mean, I'm going to find but, out. But they think it's going to be a lot more than that. So certainly it's more dangerous than the common, common right. flu. There, there is no doubt about that. <laughs> but certainly with 
with the healthcare system in the United States, uh, you're going to get better healthcare. Uh, we would hope for the average person than you would get in a third world country, and and the death rate has got to be a lot, lot lower. Now, having said that, am I going to go get inoculated when it comes out or whatever? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a dumb. I don't know. That's that scares me even more. There's like right. your testes aren't you going to fall off. Yeah. Here you go. Well, what's interesting? So okay, this is ahead. why. This is why because the the uh, from uh, where is this from? I'll find out where it's from in a minute. Uh, government health officials are mobilizing to launch a massive swine flu vaccination campaign this fall at unprecedented scope. The campaign aims to vaccinate at least half the country's population within months. Although more people have been inoculated against diseases such as smallpox and polio over a period of years, the United States has never tried to immunize so many so quickly. Among the unknowns, how many shots will people need, what the correct dosage should be, and how to avoid confusing people with an overlapping effort to combat the regular season flu. It seems like the two things you should are know they, are how many shots you're going to need and how much the dosage should be. So Until are you going to have, I'm sorry, are you going to get two separate flu shots? If you, if you are the kind, I've never been inoculated for the flu. I've never gotten a flu shot and I've never needed it. The campaign here is haunted by memories of the government's ill-fated 1976 effort to vaccinate against swine flu, yeah, same Dixon. one. Yeah. The epidemic fizzled, really? but the vaccine was given to 40 million people and blamed for causing a rare paralyzing disorder known as Guillain-Barre syndrome. Are you kidding me? I don't want to be on some test uh, vaccination You're anymore. Not a crash We're not test that dummy. good. You oh, are. We've come a lot. I, we have not I, come that far. I would. We we've have come not a lot further. Come that I would far. sign up today, and you can shoot me in the arm, no questions asked. I know you would do that. <laughs> I well, know I, that I, you I would think, do that. But don't you think why it's kind of freaky is that at least what they're saying right now is that children seem to be fairly yeah. okay against it, and so do the elderly. It's actually, isn't it something like 18 to 35? Are, yeah, I don't no, know the numbers, but it's, it's, something it's like a that, weird demographic. Odd, right? yeah, you think it'd be the young people. and the old. Right. Wait a minute. They, I thought they said the young and the old are most... No, not with swine. It's a weird... We'll have to find some info. I'm looking for it here. Okay. I mean, it is I a mean, weird demographic. That article was from the Washington Post that I was reading. Oh, well, But I do know there was a... Oh, it's liberal rag? That's awesome. A friend of a family member got it and yep. he got it so bad they he was in the hospital they had to do an induced coma for like a week wow to, I, and you know and he's like a 30 year old guy my sister-in-law's husband got it and uh, was in the hospital for a couple of days yeah. okay how many people get sick and die from the flu regular flu each year yes 40,000 okay. I'm guessing die yeah oh alright well let me just tell you the facts okay from the CDC liberal rag Center for Disease Control. <laughs> it's estimated that on average approximately 5 to 20 percent of U.S. residents get the flu. Okay. More than 200,000 persons are hospitalized for flu-related complications and 36,000 Americans die each year on average from complications of the flu. And they're talking something like 90,000 deaths. 90,000 deaths they're predicting Related to swine flu. Yeah. This In year. the U.S. In the U.S. Right. So a much bigger. Wow. Other nice thing, didn't know this. Uh, did you know that the stomach flu is not the flu? Did you know that? Really? According to nausea? CDC, many people use the term stomach flu to describe illnesses with nausea, vomiting, or diarrhea. These symptoms can be caused by many different viruses, bacteria, or even parasites. While vomiting, diarrhea, and being nauseous or sick to your stomach can sometimes be related to the flu more commonly in children than adults, these problems are rarely the main symptoms of influenza. The flu is a respiratory disease and not a stomach or intestinal really? disease. Really? Isn't that Totally didn't know that. I didn't either. Way to go, CDC. Thing, 
when I had the oh, no. flu last year, <laughs> one of my You guys were talking about useless information in your brain that makes you depressed. Oh, Let's now I know that it may not really be the flu. Why I feel like, shit, okay. Let's get scared. <laughs> Let's be all scared that I'm not supposed to take a shot because yeah. I'm going to die from the shot. I'm not going to be part of the well, 90,000. But hasn't that always no. going to be the shot that's going to kill me? I can't but tell you how badly I want to be on your death panel. <laughs> why some people don't want flu shots, because there's always the theory that you get it. If yeah. you get yeah. a flu shot, you will get the flu. Exactly. Are you the same yeah. person who doesn't I'm let that your person. Kid, you don't let your kids get that no, they don't. either? They don't get, well, there are a couple that we do. Uh, yeah. The big the big dogs. Polio. Yeah. 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 yeah Measles, mumps, and rubella. And uh, I don't know what else. You're uh, not on the bandwagon what's with the Jim one, Carrey. What's the one where you had to go to Colorado and look at the sun with your mouth open? Uh, what? What? Back in Woodstock? the 1800s, Woodstock oh. was snot in Colorado. Uh, it was the, um, they give you a little booster, uh, TB, tuberculosis. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Huh. We have a whole, I grew up there, and we have a whole tuberculosis museum. There are these huts and you'd have to because it was so high and there's a lot of bright sun and you'd have to go uh, and open your mouth to, to try the to sun get over the TB. to get over tb yeah oh, oh interesting wow. yeah right. big secret but they all died oh. sure they did yeah. i'll take sure. the shot i'm, I'm yeah. doing the swine food shot if i come onto the show oinking like a pig you'll know what happened it's not the oinking like a pig it's the zombie thing that i'm most scared of. you're going to come to the show and you're going to want my brains you're going to eat them yeah well i'd be sorely well, disappointed i have to go somewhere else <laughs> oh wow! Whoa. Did you catch that? That was Jamie being a funny. He made uh, a funny. This is no, why okay. people tune in. So. With the flu to the cold. Right. I once had a doctor. It was last year, and I'd never thought about it this way. But he said that, and you know, when you have the flu, it's because just one minute you feel fine, and the next minute you just feel like boom. It's like been a shotgun to your chest, and you're like. You're, you're exhausted, you're feeling horrible, all of that, where colds build, you know, like you might start to feel uh, kind of bad, and then the next day a little right. worse, and then, so, right. and I was like, wow, okay, that, that makes sense, and it's never been described to me that right. way, to know maybe what's the difference between a, just a cold, a respiratory cold, versus flu. So having a flu is like marriage, and a cold is like dating. <laughs> okay. You know, Cold you're married, like you're, yeah, well, no, no, you're, you're, you're kind of, you know, marriage, you're kind of like, hey, this is pretty cool, then you get married, then reality sets in. Like, oh, shit, what was I thinking? The On the what? other hand, yeah. I can't wait to go home and tell my wife, I'm so glad I married her, it's just like I have yeah, the, the flu. flu. Yeah, and, and um, does yeah. your wife listen to the show? Yeah, I think she's a friend of the show. Can we be better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honey, I love you. I really do. Couch is okay. I got another one, totally unrelated to the yes. flu. You ready? Uh, and I'm really interested in both of you and your points on this specifically. And I'm pointing to Jamie and Mary. No one else is right here. Brain drain in the U.S. Brain drain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Smart immigrants taking their U.S. educations and experience in building companies and creating technology back at their home countries. Xenophobia and the lack of any sensible H-1B visa policy is keeping the world's brightest minds from coming to the U.S. in the first place. Grad school admissions in the U.S. for would-be international students plummeted this year, according to the Council of Grad Schools. The first decline in five years. The decline was 3% on average thanks to increases, increases from China and the Middle East. Some countries saw double-digit declines in interest in a U.S. education. Applicants from India and South Korea fell 12 and 9 percent, respectively. Students turning their sights on schools in Asia and Europe as well. Uh, that was. Wow. Uh, this is from an article by Sarah Lacey on TechCrunch. 
I, I don't usually really like Sarah Lacey, but this is a this is a you know it's a good point. It's one that I think Bill Gates has been talking about for more than a decade. Uh, we've got to figure out how to solve this problem. And Mary is somebody who, you know, in in her real life runs a series of MBA programs. And Jamie's somebody who is a, a you know serial entrepreneur and educator. I'm interested in your thoughts on this. I mean, what sort of a problem is it? Good, good talk, everybody. Good talk. <laughs> it's an interesting topic. I, I mean, from you know my perspective and and my program that I run, uh, we're not we're not we don't have very many international students. Well, although we could, um, and one of the things that that I've always heard from some folks that I know that, that live in France and um, the UK will talk about how a US education is still very uh, prestigious, but they can't afford to come to the US to go to school. And that there's real opportunities for American schools to bring, you know, through obviously online education, to bring that over there so they get to still go to a, a US institution but they don't have to move, they stay in their country, those kinds of things. So um, what, why, why has this changed? Is it, is it, does it have to do with traveling and visas? Does it have to do with the way they value our education? Does she Well, yeah, I mean, that, she, she talks about that, and I think it's, uh, you know, here's uh, from a continuation of the article, much of the world's economic growth, hence jobs, is in emerging markets. Schools are far cheaper, and in many cases competitive academically. And then there's this H-1B issue. If America won't allow PH, a, PhD, a PhD just trained in our top schools to work here and contribute to the economy, why come here and take on the oh, student to loans to okay. begin with? So this is more this tied is maybe to all issue. the anger over immigration? Uh, yeah. Is that yeah, I mean, that's a big issue, I think, right now, that particularly was illuminated by the, the very big tech companies 10 years ago and is now really trickling down that we're, we're losing the smartest of the smart to other regions of the world. Well, we also know, though, that we're that in the areas of science and math, we're really down compared to a lot of other. Yeah, we've been down for a long time. Yeah, but, but I mean, it also depends on how you measure. We may be down in science and math, but in terms of measurements of uh, creativity, uh, you know, the ability to think abstractly and those sorts of things, we we tend to have a much better educational system. We don't do a lot of things by rote here, where where a lot of other educational systems are by rote. So yeah, you can you can spout equations to your blue in the face, but do you really know what they mean? I mean, I think that's what we really excel at. But I think there is a challenge in that education is not affordable in, in general, higher education for a lot of people. And so when we talk about the failures of our education system, for me, I look at it and I say K through 12 is not enough for the average person anymore unless you want to go to work at McDonald's. Right. I mean, if you want to be a knowledge worker in a knowledge economy, you've got to expand beyond that, which means we have to have an educational system that uh, is affordable for people to be able to participate and, and get those advanced degrees so they can go out and earn a But what earn do we do for the people well, that, yeah, that I mean, that's not right for them? Because you know, now that you know, the manufacturing jobs are leaving the country, so where, where does a person who, not saying that they're not smart, right. but a person who, that's more of where their skills lies and that's where they should, should focus. You know, that's an interesting question that I haven't thought about. What happens when you move from an economy that, that, that treasures producing things with your hands to producing things with your minds? And what happens to the people who are more gifted at producing things with their hands? 
I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think we're talking about two different things. One is the the sort of the where does blue collar work get done? Right. If and and I think in some respects, I, you know, I saw there was a great TED talk. Uh, the guy who's the host of Dirty Jobs. Oh yeah. Mike he Rogue. did a what? Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. He yeah. uh, he did this fantastic talk on on uh, TED about uh, the the real power and passion of the dirty job of, of the blue collar workforce and the and the honor and respect that comes from people who work with their hands and, and it was really inspirational you know it, it makes you want to just go out and you know shake a plumber's hand you know because right. I can't I just ripped a pipe out of my wall I don't yes. know how to fix it right. just, just last weekend there's a idiot. lot of satisfaction in doing stuff with your hands there really is there there's really a is. lot of satisfaction in that and, and to be able to honor that as an economic reality for right. a lot of people I don't think it's ever going to you know, I don't think we're ever going to be in a position where we have the discussion of it's a hardship to get work done because there will always be idiots like me who have to pay somebody to fix my shower. Right. I, there will always be that yeah. problem. Um, I think the bigger question is the fact that uh, over the last 20 years, one in, four, uh, uh, one in every uh, four tech companies was started by an immigrant. One in four. Wow was started by an immigrant. What do we do with that when we can't educate them and keep them here to start those companies? Yeah. Right. Or the bigger question is maybe, does it matter? We're going to be working for well, them wherever we are. I mean, the bigger question to me is, why why aren't those being started by, by Americans who were born here? I, I can't begrudge, quite frankly, anybody who wants to go back to their country and make a difference. Because patriotism is alive and well no matter where you live. So if you're from a country in, in Africa and you want to come here and get a good education, don't you want to go back and make a difference for your family and your cousins and your home and your town? Sure you do. So, I mean, I can't really begrudge them for that, but, but why aren't... But what does the trend say? I don't think it's about why are these, why are these, com why are these companies not started by Americans. I think the, the question is why is it that we have uh, immigration policy that... Um, that doesn't support what this country was built on, right? Which is, which is bringing in those who are of different backgrounds. And it's killing diversity in grad schools. It's killing diversity in the workplace. Explain. That's the I argument. Explain. What, diversity in grad schools? Yeah. So you're, what don't you get about that? So you're saying diversity in grad school. If you grad can't get a visa, if you can't get a visa from oh, out of the country, you end up in a grad school with a bunch oh, of okay. a, a bunch of right. just you know very homogeneous people. people right? Homogeneous. Right. Okay. Well, don't we? So want, you're don't, isn't it better Isn't it better economically and globally to encourage that kind of diverse policy making? Uh, oh, I than see it where is, you're driving. Uh, Absolutely, it is. I mean, don't you want as many people to participate as possible and, and, and to come in and get a good education and, and either then contribute here or go back to the countries or, or, or whatever? Absolutely. This idea of a immigration policy that, that really limits the number of people can come in. You've got to have to have some kind of limit, I'm sure, but but put some pretty artificial Do numbers on it. Do you look at Canada? Difficult. You can talk you about yourself. So? I need research. You don't think you should limit the number of people to come into the country at all? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I haven't spent a lot I mean, of time I've, thinking I'd about it, but really at some point you have to kind it. of manage it. <laughs> but so, I guess I'd say, how do you determine? How do you determine who gets in or who doesn't? So, yeah. do we let lots of Asians because they're kind of white? 
and we don't let lots of others from right. another because they're brown. Yeah, I don't. You I mean, certainly so just, don't want to do well, that. How do you? Way. In some ways, but that I is guess, the how risk. How do you do that? Yeah. yeah. Um, that is the risk. But there's another thing, which is, well, are there, you know, even if we had, even if you had all Americans who did, they wanted to go to college, they, they wanted to have the, the four-year traditional education, meaning <clears throat> a lot less apprentices, a lot less of, of trade training, right. if you will. Do we even have enough spots? Oh, but I think that's a problem in America, that, that meaning, gets solved do we have over enough? time. Right. No, there's not. But, I mean, it's supply and demand. If you increase demand supply will go up i mean that's well, how economics work right so so yes, water will more always people find want level. School, yeah. schools open up more schools <laughs> open up so i don't i really don't see that but as isn't a there a limit with financial federal funding and financial aid so then well, what absolutely do you do? i mean it, it does come down to you know your the, the value of education in our country and how much we value it and how much do we invest in it mm -hmm. as a country See, versus other I, priorities right and i don't think in many ways we actually truly value it well if you were to go by pay of k-12 teachers. teachers at the very least you could say we don't value it because right. those are some extremely hard-working people whose jobs never really end it's not like they only work nine months out of the year right. I, I think some people have the miss misconception which is a good time to talk about it i guess is that a teacher will work nine months out of the year and get paid for 12 and they say well they're not working for free that's not really how it works they only get paid for the nine months they just happen to spread out the income over 12 so it's not like they're just getting, getting paid to sit yes. on their butt for three months it doesn't work right. that way and uh, it's not even like i have you know i have multiple friends that are school teachers and several that are principals it's not three months either oh no I mean, they get maybe two months tops before yeah, they're exactly you know, between the ending out the school year shutting down their classrooms doing all of that then right. coming back getting ready and then in between there a lot of times in the summer that's when they're expected to do continuing ed right uh, work and those kinds of things well if summer's eight weeks or whatever it is I mean, they're probably there at least a week after school gets out, mm -hmm. and they're probably there at least two or three, three weeks, weeks before I mean, there are, school gets teachers started. Back here teachers already? are already back working, and yeah. we don't start till what? The September, 9th. the ninth. September 9th okay. in my district. So they're at least two and a half, maybe three, three weeks. weeks back. So of the eight weeks, maybe four weeks of it, they're probably working. So True. what do they really get? Four weeks right. off. I mean, that's great. I mean, don't begrudge anybody for four right. weeks off, but. But it's not like they're somehow getting paid to sit around for three months. Exactly. So I don't think we value education uh, as we should. And, and maybe that's just my pet peeve is, you know, as being an educator. Real. That's why I asked it because I'm like, am I just biased? No, <laughs> I don't think so. That's my my area as well. I don't but, think so. Um, I don't know that we answered your original question. You haven't. I'm researching. So you I, There's a fantastic show on current TV. Uh, they did an episode on Vancouver as the number one immig immigration portal in the U.S. or in Canada, and they are uh, actively and really progressively marketing Canada as the place to go, specifically British Columbia. And their argument is a, uh, it's an economic one that says, you know what, you don't have to put those kinds of stringent limits, you don't have to put those kind of political limits, and in fact, the growth in the immigrant population grows the economy more than anything else. That's the argument, and they're, they're proving it right. I just wish I could find the on actual On the face article. of it, I would know, believe it. I mean, I really would. One of the things before I did go on my media ban was I heard a clip. It was, um, gosh, maybe one of you guys could Google it. It was, he was He's a, a commentator on Fox News. And he basically says, it was, it was towards the end of the week, he goes, well, I think the moral of the stories of the week are basically that white people need to start procreating. 
And he goes on to talk about how Hispanics have lots of babies, and by this year they will be the dominant population in this country. Oh, good Lord. And that, you know, and it was all with the doomsday message, right? You know, be very afraid of the brown man. And and then, you know, said it, so get busy, white people, start making babies. yeah, that class warfare just pisses I mean, me off. Man, I think That's one the Lou Dobbs theory of America, you know. Well, I think one disgusting. of the things that has changed, though, one of my pet peeves of what America is becoming is that we aren't necessarily the melting pot that we used to be. We are a subsection of these classes that kind of compete against each other. And it's, it's, I know, you know, again, I, I wasn't around during the immigration of the 20s and stuff, but, but it would seem to me really? that, yeah, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, that, that the way you want to do it is you want people to come in and everybody kind of together become this new society, right? right? And, and, and whatever that new American society turns out to be based upon the input of this, this group that's constantly growing and changing. And I think sometimes what's happening in, in the fact that people are coming in in our desire to respect everybody's heritage and stuff, we then fragment ourselves we, yes. and, and we don't become a melting pot anymore. So then we become, I am this and I am this and I need to really hold true to that. And I wish people would look at it and say, I'm coming in and I'm gonna become an American, whatever that means, whatever it turns out to be. And, and that's a whole new culture in and itself. And I think this whole separation is really not very healthy for us. And I think that's where we get, well, we need to have more babies so we can be represented. we got to keep being the dominant keep up, race, right? right? right. It's like, come on, no. We're just a race of people together. Right. We're not this, and it's not a competition to have more of this versus more of this. Right. And I think that's where we go off the tracks. I agree, and if you are an immigrant here and you hear on the news, white people start making more babies so we continue yes. to dominate. You know what you that makes you want to do? Leave. Have more babies. Because well, now it's a race. Well, it is a race, and it's a competition, and it shouldn't really be. Societies are this ever-changing group of people, and you should just kind of adjust and say, this is America. It's one of the reasons why I struggle with labels when we say, well, I'm Mexican-American, or I'm African-American. It's like, just you're just an American. You know, I mean, you're just, yeah. we don't need to label Well, I don't have a fight. problem with that because that's wanting to, that's wanting to sit and stick to your heritage. And, and I that. understand that, but what I don't want to do is then become warfare based upon well, I agree. these I different agree. Uh, uh, classes of people that will this class this and this right. class that. And I don't think that's healthy for us. That's true. That's true. One, if you think like, you know, our grandparents and great grandparents' generation, that was all, I mean, you know, I always remember with my grandfather, he'd meet somebody and, and say your last name and then say Scotch-Irish, right, or, or right. German, right? I mean, they were so much more aware of right. people's heritage and culture than right. I think we are today. That's probably true. Um, but yet it wasn't done in a negative, like, yes. oh, you're Scotch-Irish, I don't like you. Right. There was a, we recognize that we're different. Right. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But we're all but the then, same in the end, right? We all but, want the same things. Right. But then I think political correctness swung the pendulum too exactly. far. Which was, now we're all going to pretend that we're not different. Right. That we're all the same. And we're not all we're the not same. We're not all the same. And that we should be, you know, be celebrating diversity is acknowledging diversity and saying it's a good thing. Celebrating diversity is not pretending that diversity doesn't exist. And I think that because of that political correctness, the pendulum has swung so far 
that people are afraid to acknowledge the differences because then they're afraid of maybe being called, you're a racist, you're right. this, you're that. Right. I don't I know. I'm, but in the workplace, you see it, right? Which is, you know, I'm just the same as Jamie. I perform just the same as Jamie. So therefore, I should be the same level as Jamie, or I should be promoted to the same level. And managers are challenged with that. With that, which is, actually, yeah. you're, you're you're not, not the at the same, same level right. of this person, um, and you do perform at a different level, and therefore, that's why you're not getting promoted. But then people fall back on, oh, well, you're not promoting me because I am this class. All right, so you fall back to the easy argument, which is you're not pro me because I don't think like you, or I'm a woman, or I'm this, or, or I'm a minority, I'm a middle-aged white male, quite frankly, I'm in the minority, right? So therefore, you're discriminated against me. That's a really easy argument to make, mm -hmm. but it's really a lazy argument, you know, in a lot of respects. Well, it's an easy but, argument to make, and it's unfortunate that it's an easy argument to make that has been for so long padded by regulation, right? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's I, I don't... I'm not an expert on equal opportunity, right? I'm not an expert in that. But, but the, the arguments against it seem so, like, well, on both sides of it, seem so radical and, and kind of, I, I just feel like as a centrist, there's got to be a happy meeting medium based on performance. Mm -hmm. Man, this has gotten way out of hand, this conversation. This got, that's okay. So we were talking about Canada time. and swine flu. And then here we are. And here we are. Well, then you own Well, I did. And, and, and speaking of somebody who is a centrist, what about poor Ted Kennedy? Yeah. Yeah. You saw the news, Mary? Did you see the news? I did not see that, but no, I did get, did, the, did I did did get the word. As soon he as I walked away. in, he osmosed it. Yeah. 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 Which I'm not surprised. When when I heard that he didn't even go to be by the bedside of his sister or yeah. even to her funeral, you yeah. knew that things sick. weren't good. Brain tumor, you know? Yeah. That's got to be a tough one. Yeah. So what's really interesting is like, you know, a, a person that I work with um, who was of that generation, and that was a hard day for her because that was it. That that whole... End of Camelot, right? Uh -huh. The whole Kennedy... Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was when I saw the picture. There's this picture that's been circulating of the three of them uh, together, the brothers in the 60s that were... Mm -hmm. It's just really powerful. Uh, and since we lost John it, Jr., you know. which was like, what, now 10 years ago yeah. now yeah. or something? So... Um, you know, if he were still around, it might be a slightly different story. But since he's not, and, and everybody, of course, thought he would go on eventually right. and probably at least, at least be a politician, whether he'd run for president. But to me, it's just well, the end of the era that's yeah. sad. I mean, it is. Kennedy. To a lot, it's, a, it's the end of, you know, this is the death of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, he's now a mythical <laughs> exactly. creature. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't necessarily look at it that way, but so that's, that's what it feels like in the I, media. I, yeah. Well, there is a little yeah. bit of fawning and nostalgia yeah. that always happens. So what you I know. want to know is, did conservatives celebrate? You know, they've always hated. Well, you that heard guy. what McCain said, right? No. It, well, or was it? It was who was it? It was uh, McCain. It was on the finance committee about health care, and and he, he said, you know, if Ted Kennedy had been there, we would have really been able to have a dialogue. So okay, blame it on the guy's brain brain tumor. If we don't get health care, because so Kennedy wasn't Ted there. it's Ted Kennedy's fault? It's his fault. Well, yeah, <laughs> meaning that most Democrats aren't nearly as, don't listen and, and talk articulately as, as Kennedy. I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's, a, it's certainly the end of an era. I think Kennedy had a great reputation for kind of being able to work both sides. And health care was his. His health care was his baby, so it certainly is a loss. 
I don't, it's not for me Obi-Wan Kenobi or, or anything like that. I, um, but it is a loss uh, at the end of an era, and, and that's kind of sad, you know, for, for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You wish his family well. Was he married? That's yes, he was married. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. Well, the only reason you know I say what? that is, didn't his wasn't it his um, his wife that walked? There was something where he maybe was at the Democratic uh, National Convention, mm -hmm. and he made that surprise. And there, but it might have been a it might have been a daughter with. I'm not right. sure. I'm but not there was sure. a woman with him, and I thought it was his yeah. wife. Yeah, Virginia. Yeah, yeah he is married. But what any news? What what happens now with his seat? I don't know. That would be a good question. Does the I don't governor know. appoint? Well, it be? seems like that's the that's what we've had happen like in recent history. When, right. And Hillary moved over to Secretary of State. Yeah. Did they appoint? Is Hillary Secretary of State? I didn't know. Well, oh, for, you are joking. No, 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 I'm serious. It's like she is the weakest Secretary of State we have had in a lot of presidencies. So. You want to do this now at 50 minutes in? You want yeah. to do this? Uh, we're not going there. We're, Seriously? Okay. With her at the All table? Right, have you stop. seen some of the clips of where she has gotten tough? She, have you seen where she's gotten a little feisty with the fact that she hasn't really been hardly on any road trips and her what? husband's usurping her? Road what? Trips? She's been all over she's the world already. Here. All right, we can do this next week. Okay, we're we doing that next do week. This next I'm doing week. some research. For you haven't seen where she's been all kind of pissy about the fact I'm Secretary of State, no, not my when, husband. Well, no, when and, they said, know, I want to know what your husband thinks. Yeah, and yeah, 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 I yeah. see that. And I, I mean, thought, there have been a lot of articles a out that she's a pretty weak Secretary of State. And I just wonder from a political point of view, if, if, if well, Obama I guess I'd want to know what the cri what? what's the criteria to judge whether a Secretary of State's good or not. I, I mean, what is yeah, it? That's a good question. Yeah, I guess I want somebody to play point on international affairs. Okay. I'm going to tell you this. You're going to lose this Thanks. argument next I'm gonna week. I'm going to lose this argument. You're going to lose this. Okay. I'm going to put money right. on that right now. You're going right. to lose this. Okay. And you're going to go home whimpering, and Mary's going to go home with a crown. <laughs> She just does not seem yeah. to be playing. This is because she's a just woman. Not, it's not going to. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be one of the I ugliest bloodbaths. I just did that to bring up because of our previous conversation. Yeah, where people want to blame it on labels. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we still don't know if if that runner though from South Africa is truly a woman. So Which, the jury we, is still out on that. It is. Yeah. No, well, so. now I thought I they were doing some testing. They are, but they said it'll take a few weeks, so we don't know yet. Interesting. <laughs> Um, All right. You know what my guess I'm is? I'm, I'm guessing that she, he is both. I'm thinking so too, and that's that it's ambiguous, and they'll have to rule as a body which way she leans uh, physically right. the most. Right. I, I think it'll be ambiguous. And then what if she? It is really does. She truly is 100% a woman. What does that now say about sports moving forward? Should women men's sports be sick? Segregated or should Segregated they all be the same? Not, I don't know. As long as we can dope, I think it's all right. <laughs> Bring on the it, dope. Bring on, as long as the playing field is completely even. Speaking of so dope, speak. have you seen the news? Mexico has legalized small amounts of, yes. of drugs. Yes. Uh, marijuana, of all cocaine, drugs? Yeah. Well, I don't know all, but certainly they've got their, their list of five or six that anything short of like like marijuana a couple of grams or something is, is fine I know. so an american won't end up in a 
Well, you know, Mexico the, the right. for a long period of time. Yeah. In related yeah. news, so the all question, college freshmen completely <laughs> closed the border in Mexico <laughs> trying to get in. Yeah. If you go to school in Texas or Arizona or That's California, right. you're on your way. Maybe Arizona. Mexico will just open up these brand new universities, right? That are right on the border. Yeah, right on the border. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just really no Gallus, Arizona. brings up a question is, I mean, is that where we're headed in the United States? And, and, and America has been really quiet in the response. It's not like they've said, oh, no, this is a good, you know, blah, blah, blah. They've pretty much been hands off on the whole thing. So uh, so next week's episode yeah. actually yes, will be from bet. Tijuana, uh, believe it or not. <laughs> what are you talking about? We live in Oregon. <laughs> well, we that's, yeah, that's a good point. Here, right, right. Do we? Uh, uh, no, right? not Listen to Mary, well, I don't know well, if we have to worry about it. I know I don't. <laughs> it, it, certainly the, the police forces here are pretty lax from what I understand. Uh, well, it's just a ticket up to a certain yeah, point. Yeah, it's just a ticket. But, but in Mexico now, it's not even a ticket. They just say, hey, you shouldn't be doing that, and there's a rehab center down the street. They don't even do anything. I mean, they just let you go. So hmm. it's interesting. If they're know. not doing it with you at the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I understand. And by the way, let me have you. Part of the issue had been true. before was they would extort you for a bribe to not ticket you or something. So now oh, they okay. kind of, the, yes. the goal is yeah. to try and get rid of that, right? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes and what the response is in the United States. And is, is that where we're headed uh, uh, as, as an economy or as a, a country? And I suspect we probably are, but that's a whole different debate. Yeah. Legalize it and then tax the hell, hell out, out of it. it. Oh, absolutely. I had that's an econ professor in undergrad. That was his answer to a yeah. lot of America's yeah. issues was to legalize yeah. marijuana and tax it. So yeah. I like cigarettes. And because it's all go. about the economy. That's right. You know, everybody, everybody votes for their pocketbook, so they'll make decisions that way. And on that note, uh, find us at beer30live.com, which takes you right to our Facebook page, which is uh, uh, chock full of awesome. And uh, uh, you can listen to the latest show. You can go subscribe to the show in iTunes. Just search for us in iTunes, uh, Beer 30 Live. And uh, on behalf of, or in place of, or just, I just showed up today and I'm honored to be able to be sitting here at the table with Jamie and Mary. Thank you. Uh, this has been Beer 30 Live. We're out.